0: two reasons. I'm Kim, by the way. I'm the worship pastor here, but today I get to talk about Mother's Day, which is exciting for me. Um, But Father's Day, let's get back to it. Um, So the reason we watch this video is because I love bad jokes, okay? First of all, there doesn't need to be a support group for that because they're awesome, all right? And I feel like when I tell a bad joke, I feel like I should get credit for it, you know, like a mom joke. Like, why do dad gets the credit, get the credit for bad jokes? And um, because it's Mother's Day, I was like, we're going to watch a whole video about it because I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day to me. Um, but really, really, um, what guys, what dads need a support group for is Father's Day, the actual event, because if you've ever gone to church on Father's Day, I guarantee you, you will have heard a message that is something like this dads, you better step up your game. You better love your wife like Christ loved the church. You better lead your family. You're the spiritual leader. You better do better. And then on Mother's Day, we're like, moms, we just love you so much. We just want to encourage you and support you. We're just so thankful for all the sacrifices that you make. And that's all true, by the way. I'm not taking away from that, but I'm just saying, you know, dads, I feel like you guys make an effort too, and you sacrifice too, and you need encouragement too, so I have good news for you. Even though today's passage is very well known for connecting to moms, it is actually meant for every single person in this room, so you get encouragement too today, but moms, don't worry, I got stuff for you. It's all about us today. Okay, so there's that. The other thing I wanted to say before we get into this scripture is this. Um, For those of you who are here who experience Mother's Day as maybe bittersweet or painful for whatever reason, um, I just want you to know that God knows your story, and he knows that. And I just pray, and I've been praying all week, that God would comfort you today. And I'm praying he uses this scripture to do that. In fact, before we get into this scripture, would you pray with me just one more time? (sighs) Jesus, there is something you want us to hear today. And um, I just pray that your word would speak in a powerful way. Thank you for the encouragement and the love that you give us. I just invite you to work and to move. I know you're in this room. Um, I just pray for open hearts and that you would uh, move us in the way that you want us to go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what we're going to look at today is Psalm 139. Psalm 139, you've probably heard uh, some reference to it, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, or you knit me together in my mother's womb. If you've gone to church for any length of time, you've probably heard these verses. What we're going to do today is we're going to read through Psalm 139, one verse at a time. One through 16, not the whole thing. I wish we could, but we just don't have time. And as we read through the scripture, we're going to ask ourselves this question. As I'm reading, we ask, what does this tell me about where God is? That's it. We're just going to ask that simple question and kind of see what that means for us. This, by the way, is a really great way to, to get into scripture. If you've, if you've kind of been the person who's like, I don't, wanna, I don't really know what it all means, or it's just too much, or it's just too heavy, try this. Just pick up the Bible, pick a book, a New Testament book, and just ask yourself one question. What does this tell me about God? Or what does this show me about God? Or what does this tell me about myself? Just pick one question, and all you have to do is answer that question as you read. You don't have to understand everything else. It's a great way to start reading scripture and and letting god speak to you through it side note here we go psalm 139 are you ready verse one you have searched me lord and you know me okay we're gonna stop right there you have searched me so god is close to me and and this word search is not like an impersonal like pat you down cop kind of search it's a it's a personal connection um the, the Hebrew kind of um, points to the idea of excavation. You know, when you like, you dig something up and you kind of put the dust away and you really dig carefully and you try to see every single detail. He has searched you. So he's that close to you. He digs you. Get it? Excavation, digs. Okay, never mind. Dad, you can have the bad jokes. It's fine. I changed my mind. Um, he's interested in you. He's close to you. Um, moms, did you know that on average, moms get asked 300 questions a day? Did you know That's crazy, right? I have felt like that because I have younger kids, and I feel like by the end of the day I'm like, "What? What? What do you want? What do you need? What can I answer? I don't know. And I really relate to this meme that's been going around. Have you guys seen this one? Re- just read it. I. Uh- it's so true. By the end of the day, I'm like, I can't answer any more questions. I'm so done. The good news is that God never feels this way about us, right? We're human. You know, when we uh, we talk about um, our husbands should love us like Christ loved the church, and you know, we want to be like Christ, and that is good, and we should always strive for that, but we're just not. We are not God, and we're going to feel that way, but it's good to be reminded that God does not feel that way. He never does. His love is perfect and he's close to you. Okay, that's the first half of verse 1. Here we go. Let's move on. You know when I sit and when I rise. So, he's in my physical space. He's like here right now, you know, when I get up when, from the couch, you know when I go to get, you know, a, a snack from the fridge, like you're here, you're in my physical space when I sit up, when I rise, you know it. Verse 2, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Well, that's easy. He's in our thoughts. There he is. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. So when I asked myself, what does this tell me about where God is? I saw that he is with me on my journeys, on my errands, all the responsibilities and activities that I have to do and my job. He is there with me. He's familiar with all my ways. He's like, a, he knows you better than a roommate knows you, who knows you better than a spouse knows you. Like, he knows all your ways. Verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So this one's interesting, right? We can't, like, directly say where God is with this. Um, he, I guess he's in my thoughts. But you can dig a little bit de- deeper, which is really fun. If you read Matthew chapter 12, verse 34... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if God knows what I'm going to say before I'm going to say it, what does that tell me about where he is? He's in my heart. He's in there. He knows. He knows my thoughts. He knows my heart. He knows my motives. Verse 5. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. What does this tell me about where God is? He's right here. He's next to me. He's behind me. He's in front of me. So we started out knowing that he's close. He's in my physical space. He's in my thoughts. He's in my heart. He is right here. And actually, these terms are military terms, and they describe when an army has been surrounded and that there is no escape. It is a tight Connection. He is right here in front of you, behind you, and his hand is upon you. So let's stop right there and summarize those first five verses. If I were to summarize them into one idea, it would be this that God knows me. God knows me. So as you're listening, I want to encourage you, I didn't say it as God knows you because I want us to listen actively. I want this to be for you. God knows me. He knows you, he knows me, right? I want you to to think of it that way, okay? Think about this for yourself. And if I'm really honest and I think about God knowing me, like knowing me, like knowing all my ways and knowing all my thoughts and knowing all my motives, like, I mean, at first it sounds really nice, like he knows me, but I'm like, oh my gosh, he knows me. <laughs> Um, that's a scary thought. Like, what what will God do with that? What does he do with that? Because he knows every part of us, the ugly parts, the sinful parts, the selfish parts, right? Well, um, I have good news. Let's look at verse 6. The psalmist, probably David, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Okay, so it's good that God knows me. Boy, that's, that's good news, right? It's good. He says it's wonderful that he is so close. And he says it is too lofty for me to attain. So what does that mean about where God is? This word lofty just means God is higher than us. He is holier than us, right? So I just kind of, that means God is higher than us. So he's close, and he knows us, but his ways are higher and better. He's more loving than me. He is more kind. He is more gracious. He is more powerful than me, smarter, kinder. He is all those things. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I mean, he's asking the same thing but he's really answering the question that we're asking with a question. He's making a point. I can't go anywhere and escape you, right? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So God is everywhere. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, verse 9, if I settle on the far side of the sea. So God is everywhere, but God is everywhere at all times in the morning. In the dawn, in the evening, on the far side of the sea, this side of the world, no matter what time zone you're in, God is everywhere at all times. Verse 10, we've just come from, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the five side of this far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. So God is everywhere at all times with me, with me, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. So God is everywhere at all times, and he's also holding me and sustaining me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. When I read this and asked myself that question, and I kind of put all these pieces together, God is everywhere at all times with me, sustaining me. And then you put the last part, 11 and 12, and you add that on there. This is how I would summarize verses seven through 12. God is everywhere at all times with me, sustaining me, even in my darkness. Even in my darkness, on my bad days, even in my depression, even when I want to quit, even when I do quit, when I doubt myself, even in my apathy, even in my disobedience, even when I'm pretending and fake, even in my fear, God is with me, even in my darkness and he is for you so we know that god knows us and now we see that when we summarize this the short way of saying this is that god is for you he is rooting for you he is with you in your darkness he is for you not just when you feel like you're doing well when you're doing good by the way when we feel like we're doing well it's it's not that great compared to god's greatness right but i'm 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 not discouraging you like when you're doing well and you're like yes I feel connected to you, God, and and you feel joy and you feel that encouragement. He's like, yes, keep going. That's awesome. And then when you trip and you fall on your face, he's like, that's all right. I'm with you. I'm for you, even in your darkness. Because guess what, church? If you're a believer, God had this love for you before you were a believer. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, he died for us. That's Romans 5.8. Colossians 1 says, once you were alienated from God and you were his enemies, but now you are reconciled. So we were separated and, and we were his enemies and we were his sinners and he chose to love us and die for us. Church, why on earth would he change that thought or behavior once you're part of his family? That doesn't make any sense. You're in his family now. He's made he's prepared a table for you. He's got a house ready for you up there. He's not going to be like, "Well, now that you're in, you should have known better."
1: <laughs> he's not
0: going to do that. He's still rooting for you. He's with you. He's for you, church. Moms, dads, sons, daughters. <sighs> I'm excited about that. <clears throat> I have a song that I want to sing, surprise, um, I did actually debate about singing a song and, and I kind of went back and forth, but it's so good, the song really does capture, so the band's going to come up, I hope they're coming up, um, it really does capture what these these uh, verses 7 through 12 say, everything I just talked about is captures, and I just want to sing it for you and over you, and for anybody who needs to hear this or be reminded that we can pray this prayer, that God is holding you even in your darkness. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read these verses again just before I sing this song, and, um, and, and then we're going to sing it. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me your right hand will hold me fast. If I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. would happen. tried really hard to make it smooth.
1: When the best of me is barely breathing. When I'm not somebody I believe in, hold on to me. When I miss the light the night has stolen. When I'm slamming all the doors you've opened, hold on. Hold on to me, hold on to me when it's too dark to see you, when I am sure I have reached the end, hold on to me.
0: Lord, I just pray that we would know how much you love us, that you had us in your heart and on your mind before we believed, and now as we walk with you, God, you are for us, and you are rooting for us. Help us to know it. Remind us of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Doesn't it feel good to know that? I just want to, like, take a nap now, you know? I'm like, yeah, that feels good. I just want to take a nap. But we got to keep going. we got a few more uh, verses to go. So God knows me. God is for me. Uh, so I'm not a hopeless, hopeless case. That's awesome. But why? Um, why does God love us? Let's look at verse 13 and we're going to find out one of the reasons. Verse 13. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. So what does this tell me about where God is? He is in my DNA. He is his fingerprints are all over you. We are made in his image. Verse 13, you knit me together in my mother's womb. He is in the womb. He is there in that miracle that's happening. He is there. He's in that place. And what's so cool is that we are created in his image. And I think the author here knew that, right? That God God made us and he created us. But we're reading this after Jesus came. So not only are we made in his image, but if you believe, you've got the Holy Spirit inside you too. So he's in my DNA, he is a part of me. I'm made in his image and the Holy Spirit is here with me. Verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. Oh man, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The way that God chose to knit you together in your mother's womb is wonderful, it's awesome. It's good. The, the Hebrew language and the Greek, you know, they always have just such rich meanings that sometimes we have to use like 10 words to like describe their one word. And so I found this beautiful summary of what the idea of being fearfully and wonderfully made really means. You were created with great reverence, heartfelt interest and respect to be unique and set apart. Do you know it? David knew it when he wrote this. He said, "I know that full well." Do you know that full well? Are there parts of you that you wish were different? Are you not happy with the way that he made you? I am really clumsy. I've It's super annoying, sorry. Just is. Um I know you made me that way, but still annoying. So when you watch, if, you, if you've if you seen infomercials, you know the black and white part of the infomercial where the person like opens the cupboard and all the Tupperware falls out and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, that it's like so exaggerated and crazy. That's me in real life. I'm not kidding. I'm so clumsy, I'm so scattered, it's crazy. And it's like just as frustrating as the infomercial show, okay? I'm that person. And uh, so it's always been something that really bothers me because it gets in my way. It ruins my day, you know, and I'll do things and I'll drop things. Like like two months ago, I dropped our coffee carafe, like the whole thing. Yes, I don't have a Keurig, okay? I'm old school. I have the whole the, like drip coffee, and I drop the whole thing. Who does that? I do. Anyway, so I did that. I, I'm really clumsy, and for a long time, whenever I dropped something or I'm just so scattered, I would say to myself, God, you're such a disaster. That's what I said in my, in my head. Yeah, you're such a disaster, Kim. Oh, my God, pull it together. And one day at um, my old church where I was working, I was working in the office, and I was um, organizing the, like, copy room space, and I kind of had to get some of these awkward, like, file holders and boxes, and I was trying to get them all together. And I was walking out of the room, and, of course, I'm like, and they spill everywhere, makes a huge noise. Everyone in the office is, like, poking their head out, like, what is going on in there? And in that moment I was just I was so frustrated and I swear it was one of those moments where God's like, "Hello, like he's talking to you." And he just said, uh, "My grace is sufficient for you." And I was like, "Yeah, isn't that a Bible verse? Isn't that a verse?" And I left all the junk on the floor and I ran to the computer and I had to look it up because I couldn't remember exactly what verse it was. And it's 2 Corinthians verse 12 verse 9. He said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you." for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me." Do you know what that did for me? Every time I drop something or I'm clumsy, God's saying, I made you that way so that you can come to me so that my power and my grace can be put on display. Quit complaining about it. Embrace it. Laugh at yourself. And then, and then be reminded that I'm present with you and that I'm here and that I made you perfectly. I made you wonderfully. That's supposed to be there, Kim, so that you can trust me and that my power can be put on display through your weakness. That was really awesome for me. Do you know that you are wonderfully made? Every single part of you? Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. This is so cool. I understand that this is a song and this is a poem, okay? So, so there's poetry here and, 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 um, and it's kind of beautiful, but what this points to is this idea that God is, because remember, we're still asking, where is God as we read this, right? God is in the spirit realm. I don't know what else to call it. Um, Ephesians 6 calls it the heavenly places. So he's not just here and close to me in my physical space, that he, he's in the heavenly places in the unseen places, the places that you kind of feel that's connected to your spirit and your soul. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God made you before you were in your mother's womb. God had the idea of you, like your soul, like the eternal part of you that goes to heaven and that's going to get a new body. He had the idea of you, every part of you that makes you, your temperament, your thoughts, like why you like cheese so much, I don't know. Every single part of you, your soul, he made that before you were even in a womb. He created you, there was no you, there was nothing, there was an empty space, and then boom, he said, oh, I like this person, I like this idea of this person, and he liked it so much that he had to put it in a mother's womb and bring you into this world. He created you before you were even in the womb. He is with the part of you that is eternal. He is with the part of you that getting old can't touch that allergies and sickness and disease and death can't touch. He is with that eternal part of you, with your soul. That's what he died for. That's what he died for. That's what he rose for, and he is with you. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He is with the eternal part of you. He's with your soul. So God knows you, and he's for you, church, because he created you. He created you. He has thought about you. There there was no you, and then there was a you, and he is just so... I'm um, enraptured by you because he thought of you. Now, if you're a creative person, you might connect to this, and I'm going to try to find a way to connect to others, but I, I like to write songs, okay? And when I write a song, I'm like, I'm like mulling over it all the time. I'm like driving in the car thinking about it, you know, and every word and every note, I'm thinking about it. And then when it's finally done and the product is done, it's like, oh, I have this connection. It's like, this is my baby. Like, here it is, you know, and I, I've just... It's just, you know, so maybe if you don't write songs, you don't relate to that, but maybe if, um, you know, you like to make your house beautiful and you think of every part and every room and how you want to, you know, what piece you want to put where, or maybe you're a cook and, and you think of the ingredients and just, you know, bringing out just the right flavor or, um, I don't know, I feel sorry for the type A's. I don't know how to relate to you. but. But I did, I do have a friend, I have a friend, and she's type A, and she has begged me to do our, um, uh, why can't I think of the word now? Not our finances, our budget. She's like, can I do your budget in Excel? Can I put it in there? Because she loves Excel. She just loves things neat and in order. So she would call something like this beautiful. Like she will have worked on something like this, and she would like mull over it, right? And like, she'd be like, look, this is gorgeous, you know? Okay, so there are things like that. If you can, I don't know how to, how to help everybody connect to this idea, but of being created, that there is this like this connection that you just can't explain because it's yours. It like came from you. That's how God feels about you, but like times 10 billion in infinity and stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? He loves you and he's for you because he created you. Isn't that good to know? Let that sink in for a minute. This is why I I wrote it again as God loves me and is for me because he created me. Oh, I have another thing, right? So here's the difference between making something and creating something. If I could, I don't, I'm trying to drive this home. Uh, My kids love Legos. So does my husband. So that works. And uh, he's like, let's get the kids Legos. I'm like, yeah, let's get the kids Legos. Um, anyway, they have a lot of fun making it, right? But they make this, they made this ship. They followed directions, they had all the pieces. This is the making part. This is the womb part, right? Where you get built and your DNA's got the blueprint and you're being made in your mama's belly. That's the make part. But someone had to create that design. There was no ship like that. It didn't exist, there was nothing. And then someone had it in their mind and they brought it into fruition. That's the difference between being made and created. You were not just made, you were created and for a purpose. God knows me and is for me because he created me. Got it? Now, if you're a parent, switch that to your children. God knows them. God is for them because he created them. So whatever is going on with your kids right now, no matter what age or what stage of life, please take comfort in knowing that this intense love and affection and connection that he has towards you, which matters, which we need to be encouraged, right? that this, this uh, idea that he's in our corner, we need that. That's there for your children too, because he knows them and he's for them because he created them. God knows me and is for me because he created me. God knows my kids. He's for my kids. Because he created them too. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for your love. This love, God, that we cannot even begin to grasp. But I thank you for your word that helps to paint different pictures and give us different angles and just different ways of understanding the depth of your love. Lord, and we acknowledge together today that we still don't know it fully, but God, show us more. Help us understand your love for us and for our children more. And for the moms, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint them, that your Holy Spirit would give them that spiritual wisdom and insight that they need to guide and love and raise our children. God, give us the grace that we need because Lord, you know I'm selfish and I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm a person and I fail. So give us that grace and remind us that you have our kids and you know them and you love them. You have a plan for them too. God, for every person in this room, help us to walk in your love. Help us, remind us, God, of the love that you have for us. And the encouragement that you have for us, God, even when we fail and when we stumble, even when we're apathetic, God, that you're still with us. Work in our lives and have mercy on us. We need you to do that. I pray blessings over every family in this room. Bless every single family in this room. I pray for I pray for reconciliation where there needs to be reconciliation. I pray for humility where there needs to be humility. I pray the knowledge of your love for us would change us so that we can love each other better. I ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.